You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Uh, Big week for the Toronto Maple Leafs this week, Naz. And uh, we'll certainly be chatting about that. But uh, just let our listeners know, uh, coming up... uh, Shortly after the first break, about 9.15, 9.20, the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf ever, David Keon. Uh, David will be inducted into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame this Thursday night at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. An honour that uh, we're thrilled that's finally being bestowed upon him, and uh, we're pleased to chat with him about that, and uh, maybe we'll get a few questions in about... uh, this year is how he, uh, how he sees uh, the performance of the Toronto Maple Leafs and their prospects for this year. We'll take the opportunity to ask David uh, what he thinks about the current Toronto Maple Leaf edition as well. And uh, middle of the hour, uh, after the second break, about 9.35, 9.40, Hall of Fame broadcaster, and always good with the, uh, with the quips, uh, Harry Neal. Uh, Harry, of course, is a, a friend of uh, David's. We'll have an opportunity to chat about uh, his, uh, his, uh, his uh, memories and recollections of David, and he was a supporter of David's induction into Canada Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, also, we're going to take the opportunity to talk to Harry about the Toronto Maple Leafs and also about the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Harry uh, uh, is down in, uh, down in the Buffalo area, so I'm sure he keeps up to speed with what's happening in Sabreland. We've got some listeners in western New York. So let's see if we can talk some Buffalo Sabres this morning as well. Naz, uh, last Sunday um, morning we chatted about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, They had lost a game to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, They had not looked that great against the Montreal Canadiens. And wow, what a difference a week makes. Uh, they straight they, on the road. Yeah. We, we sent them out of town and, uh, you know, they started off uh, with that uh, shooting, uh, shooting fest in, in, uh, in Chicago. Then, uh, then we uh, t- took on Dallas and then Detroit. And then last night, the game that uh, people were saying, well, they haven't played anybody yet. Well, last night they beat the Stanley Cup champions. And, uh, uh, not that only did they beat them on the scoreboard, um, they played a good hockey game. And they played the type of hockey game, um, they tightened it up a bit. They got some fantastic goaltending from uh, from Anderson at crucial moments in the third period uh, when the game uh, uh, was on the line. And they got some performance, they got some production from some of the from the fourth liners, uh, Josh Leval and uh, and Lindholm and uh, uh, Babcock and Lee fans uh, got to be certainly pleased about the week and certainly last night's performance. That's for sure. They look really good on the road. Really, really good. And they're what five and one now. Ten points. Great start. And we got the Kings on Monday and then the uh, Penguins on Wednesday. I think it is or Wednesday or Thursday. 
And it looks good for the Leafs. They're playing really, really well, Wally. And um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Usually we talk, what's there to improve on? How much can you improve on the 5-1 and one record, really? Well, let's, let's get into a little bit more uh, in-depth about what they can improve on. Um, certainly last night's game, um, I'm not going to suggest there's, you know, there's all, let me put it to you this way. If you ask Mike Babcock, or uh, Kyle Dubas or the Leaf, they, they'll always say there's always something to improve on. Of course there is. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've always said if the Leafs are going to go deep into the playoffs, first of all, you have to make the playoffs, uh, and you've got to have a lot of things go your way. And certainly the Leafs, as they're presently constituted, are a playoff team. I mean, certain things would have to go off the rails for them not to make the playoffs. But that, you know, that happens in today's NHL. You know, Tampa's a great team. They didn't make the playoffs two years ago. Um, um, so you you got to avoid injuries to your key players. You have to avoid injury to your number one goaltender. A lot of things have to happen, but the Leafs, there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs. And, and, and what we're looking forward this year is for the Toronto Maple Leafs to be able to take it into past the first round into and go deeper into the playoffs. Um, that's that's the goal, and no question, I'm sure, the Stanley Cup is the goal. There, you know, there are scenarios where we can see this team hoisting the uh, – the cup uh it's it's not beyond their capability um so but as as we've said on the show naz you have to learn how to win those two one those three two games uh and beat and beat the good teams on the road and the key to that is number one it starts with your goaltender and you know freddie uh, rose to the occasion last night let's give him credit i you know i've at times i've been critical um He's been inconsistent at times. Certainly, when he plays, uh, as he did last last night, yeah, the, I can see him uh, backstopping a Stanley Cup winning team. Um, but there are a couple of games uh, during the week that are not the type of games that will get you to the Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, we're talking about the seven six Chicago game, um, and you know, the, uh, was it seven four against Dallas? Uh, I yeah, think it was seven four, something like yeah. that, right? Uh, you know, you got to be you got to be tighter. Um, but you know, they you know the most important thing is they won, right? So whatever it takes to win. Um, uh, we we last week we were talking off air about uh, Morgan Riley being a what number is he? A one, a two, a three, a four. And uh, Morgan Riley's proved a lot of people wrong, right? He's uh, he's definitely a one-two, because his style of play, like Babcock, has pretty well held him back in the past couple of years. Now they they put him on the first unit of the power play, and not Jake Gardner, and he's piling up the points. He's also played on the World Cup team, as you said last week with us, the World Cup team and the uh, World Championships, and he was always the best defenseman there. So why would you consider him a three or four? Well, um, we had that debate with uh, with uh, Lou Franceschetti last week. I don't remember if it was on the air. No, or off it, was, the air. it was, it was off, off the air. air. It was off the air. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, Lou's not here to defend himself this morning, but uh, he he was making the argument that uh, Morgan's a three or four, and I says, I you know, when I, I I go back to. I I know what Morgan Riley is capable of, and he's proved it. 
in the World Cup of Hockey playing on the under-23 team. He's proved in the World Championship. He's proved that he can play the game at a high level against the best players in the world. We're not talking about the the team that's finishing 31st or 30th in the the National Hockey League. He's proved he can play top-level hockey against the best players in the world, all-star teams, World Cup teams. Um, And so the skill set is there to be a number one, certainly a number two. I mean, three or four, I mean, that's preposterous. Come on. Uh, And... You know, certainly at the beginning of this year, in this environment, uh, with the tools at Babcock's disposal, with the way the team's playing, with the power play, the what it's doing, um, you know, you know, so far Riley is is his game is at a number one level so far. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, doing it in five games and doing it in eighty-two games is is a totally different story. And hockey gets a lot tougher. You know, hockey in October is hockey in October. Hockey in February, March, uh, and April, May is a different, different game. So, uh, you know, I, I I think Riley, hopefully he's able to keep his game at this level. It would, you know, for Riley, if he can keep it at this level, it goes a long way to helping the Leafs get to the promised land. Well, he reminds me of Brian Leach, how he played. Brian Leach is exactly the speed Coming out of the zone, carrying the puck out. The very good quarter, analogy, Naz. I'd never thought about that till this very second, but now that you mention it, and I get those images in my mind, yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's a very very good uh, comparison. It yeah, certainly it is. Definitely the quarterback of the power play. Even though you have Matthews and uh, Tavares and Kadri and Marner and. Go on and on and on. <laughs> well, we don't have it's Nylander. Scary, it's scary. I haven't got Nylander there, but Kapanen's doing la- a pretty good job so far. And last night, they didn't score on the power play. The second unit scored on the power play when Levo scored. So everybody was chipping in last night. Yeah, you man. know, we're, we're all getting excited, and, uh, you know, we're all planning, uh, you know, picking up my spot on the on Bay Street <laughs> for the parade and all that, and, you know. They'll getting, shut down get, the city. A little, you know, shut down the city. It's, you know what, and it's a lot of fun. Why yeah, not? For sure. We haven't been able to do this. You know, you know, in generations, in a generation, right? So why not? Have, why not have a little bit of fun? We're getting ahead of ourselves. We all know that it's a long season. A lot of things can happen, but we're off. You know, we're in. Uh, we're pointed in the the good ship. Uh, Maple Leaf is pointed in the right direction. So uh, keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully they can keep it going. And. Uh, We'll come back to that. Uh, we've got a couple of guests coming up. Uh, hopefully get an opportunity to talk about this current edition of Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, we're going to go to a break. When we come back from the break, the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf ever uh, being inducted into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame this Thursday night at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only David Keon. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I have family in Caprese, home of Michelangelo, who famously painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It took him four years. We must be distant relatives, because it took me almost as long to paint the ceiling of my garage. I'm sure he did a bunch of nudes, but I did two coats. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. 
The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new M740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live video streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the greatest Toronto belief ever, David Michael Keon. David, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, well, we understand you're making a trip to Toronto this week, David, and uh, the reason for your trip is you're being inducted into Canada Sports Hall of Fame. Um, it's an honor that was announced earlier this year, a formal presentation uh, this Thursday night at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. Uh, you are now taking your rightful place amongst uh, amongst the greatest athletes in our nation's history. Uh, I know uh, you've had some opportunity to now contemplate it. Uh, reaction, David, uh, not so much yourself, but uh, your wife, Jane. You've got some kids and grandkids. Uh, uh, how, what does this mean to your family? Well, to me, it's a big, it's an honor and a thrill. Uh, I think that uh, for my family, I think it's a, uh, uh, I think it's a thrill that their father or grandfather uh, has has been uh, nominated uh, for this award. Uh, it's um, kind of humbling to think that you're considered one of uh, Canada's great athletes. Uh, David, uh, reaction to uh, just uh, um, some banter, some conversations perhaps you've had uh, had with your grandkids. Uh, I would take it that perhaps, don't know the ages of them, but they probably never saw you play as a hockey player. Um, um, how have they come, uh, what's their uh, sense of, what's their sense of uh, how great of a hockey player you were, how great of an athlete you were, and how important you were to the Toronto sporting community? Oh, I think that, uh, you know, they grew up knowing that I, I played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, when... Um, 
we've had the functions over the past couple of years, they've kind of thought that it was pretty cool that their grandfather had a statue and uh, uh, had his number retired. So they uh, they kind of got a kick out of it. David, it's Naz here. How are you? Hi, Naz. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, what does it feel like you, for you to be uh, in there with all the best athletes in Canada? Uh, well, that's a very good question. Um, I don't know that you uh, ever put your hand around or your mind around what, uh, you know, really what it means until you've had a time, well, you know, it's had, I've had some time for it to sink in, but you just don't, um, I guess, think on uh, that grand a scale, and uh, it's a pretty, it's pretty awesome that uh, I've, uh, I've been elected to, you know, to Canada Sports Hall of Fame, because there's some... Uh, there's some great athletes uh, across the years who you know who who are there. So I'm uh, thrilled to be part of it. Uh, David, uh, uh, in your career, you were always known as the consummate team player. It was uh, always more about the team than about yourself, and it was about winning the cup and 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 concentrating and focusing on the goal. Uh, and uh, on the show, we'd be remiss. I mean, you're you're going into Canada Sports Hall of Fame this week, but there's some other fine people who are being inducted with you, and I want to take the opportunity of, of, uh, of putting out those names. Uh, Dr. Sandra Kirby, who was an Olympic roarer and sports advocate, Alex Depetit, a diver, Chandra Crawford, a cross-country skier, Damon Allen, of course, famous uh, legendary CFL quarterback, Mary Bonnie Baker was a woman's baseball player and broadcasting pioneer. Jeff Adams, a wheelchair athlete, and Willie Littlechild, a prominent Indigenous leader and advocate, and uh, all all fine people. David, uh, um, you had an opportunity to meet them. Uh, I did. Yeah, I, I, I met them in I think it was April. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a thrill to meet them. And uh, you, I think, when you play a sport. Um, you're kind of uh, indoctrinated into the particular sport you play, and uh, that's where your uh, focus is. But uh, as we all know, there are other sports. You know, hockey's not the only sport that's played. And uh, it was a thrill to meet uh, these other athletes who have dedicated themselves to you know, perfecting the sport that they play. And they have, uh, you know, succeeded at the highest level. And uh, it's a, um, you know, it's a thrill for me to be included with them. Uh, Talking to David Keon. Uh, David, on the uh, Canada Sports Hall of Fame uh, website, uh, they have a little bio of you, and they describe you... um, as being an iconic symbol of Canada's most popular sport, uh, and uh, for a lot of a lot of us fans of 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 your generation, you became. We all wanted to become the hockey player. We dreamt of becoming Dave Keon one day. And I remember in the very earliest conversations that we had, uh, and I think I. Um, I, I probably asked you whether you had any appreciation um, for how you 
remained as such a, a large part of our memory for a, a, a period of time, and 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 how much we uh, I wouldn't don't want to use the word worshipped, but um, admired your accomplishments, and um, you were somewhat ambivalent about it uh, at the time. But have you now come to realize? Uh, how much the fans really, really, really admired your accomplishments and how much we still, uh, to a certain extent, a lot of us uh, have this quotation marks hero worship, uh, but I mean that in, in the nice sense of the word. Has it hit home yet? Well, I don't know that it has, but I, you know, I've, uh, over the past, I guess, three years, or there's been a lot of things that have happened, and... Uh, uh, for for me, uh, with uh, the Maple Leaf organization and in Toronto, and uh, you, uh, I've met a lot of people who uh, have expressed uh, their support for for me as a player and as a member of the Leafs. And uh, I think probably th- there's a combination of things that kind of went that have have gone into that is that uh, I tried to play the best I could every time and uh, we had uh, a team that uh, teams that were successful so it's probably a combination of things that uh, people uh, enjoyed and uh, they remember those fondly. David, uh, any I, I want to go to the current Leafs team. You, you've seen them play a few times I'm sure, right? I have, yes. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question. Any of the Leafs teams that you played on resemble the current Leafs team? No. Not even close? No. Describe the uh, Leafs team to me. This one? Yes. Well, they skate very well. They play offense. And uh, they're, uh, you know, pretty... They're very offensive-minded. And they uh, have the people who can who can score, and uh, they want to play a, 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 a really up-tempo game. Uh, that seems to be what they're, uh, because of the players that they have and the way they skate, they're, they seem to be wanting to play uh, play the game really fast. And, and I know the game presently is fast, but they seem to want to take it to another level. Uh, David, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of press over the summertime about uh, captaincy, uh, and of course, Leafs don't have a t- captain, and you were the captain from 1967 to 19, 1969 to 1975. Um, how important is it for a team to have a captain? Um, do the players not? And we had this conversation with Franceschetti last Sunday. Do the players, the players in the dress room, know who the leader or leaders on the team are? Does it need to be reflected with a C on the sweater? Probably not. Uh, you know, there's uh, certain players in the dressing room that are um, the guys. You know, the leaders that um, the players look to. Um, I think I don't know this year or maybe next year um, they may they may name a captain, but I, I think at the present time it's uh, uh, it's not uh, something that's uh, needed. Uh, but I think going forward, um, 
they probably will will name a captain and uh it may be some one of the young players who they don't, they feel at this time just isn't ready to to uh, take on that uh, challenge uh because of his uh, age or because they uh you know he may not have what they consider enough experience yet but uh, but I'm sure that in the next couple of years they will name one David, who who is the closest to uh, the play of Austin Matthews in your in your era, the, that type of player? Well, he's big and uh, he, he's, he can really shoot and he can skate. And uh, I guess you could say maybe Frank, um, Frank Mahovlich. Yeah. I think they're probably similar sizes and um, they could both shoot. Uh, I, uh, but he has he plays center. I I don't know that um, you know. Uh, you might compare him a little bit to Bellow because of his size, and, uh, but he, in somebody in that mold. We're talking to David Keon. David, uh, just a couple of moments left. Uh, we actually have a friend of yours uh, coming on uh, later on in the show to chat a little bit about uh, you, Harry Neal. Uh, I'll say hello to him, please. Uh, we certainly will. Uh, and of course, Harry was involved in uh, providing some support in your in your nomination to Canada Sports Hall of Fame, as were some other significant people uh, who uh, had no uh, no hesitation in in uh, in, in supporting your nomination. Um, and very simply, David, uh, last question: You were uh, spent quite a few quite a few years in Toronto, um, really good years for the most part. Uh, what did it mean to you to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, and what does it still mean? Well, growing up, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, uh, I guess I wanted to be a hockey player, and I wanted to play in the NHL, and I wanted to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, I um, uh, achieved those goals, uh, and then we were fortunate, I was fortunate enough to play on some really, really good teams, and we won some Stanley Cups, and uh, uh, that was certainly a lot of fun. And um, unfortunately, uh, we weren't, after the 60s, we weren't able to continue that. But it was uh, a, really, a really good experience to play for the Leafs and to uh, uh, especially play in the city of Toronto because there was, uh, the fans were great and... Uh, uh, we had uh, we had good teams, and we had uh, when we won, and we had competitive teams uh, after that, but couldn't get it over the finish line. Anyways, we've been talking to David. David, uh, we'll leave it off at this. We're going to wish you all the best this Thursday. Um, it's uh, I don't want to say long overdue, but it is. Uh, you have been such an important part of uh, Toronto sporting history, uh, even more important, you've been such an important part of the collective memories of a generation of hockey fans who admired the way you played and the person you are. And I'll just leave you off with this story, uh, David. Um, you know, we have halls of fame and museums and things because we want to remind, we want to make sure that legacies are passed forward so that future generations can learn from previous generations. And I was on the floor of the Scotiabank Centre on Thursday night. It's a very personal story. I'd love to relate it. Uh, watching a Phil Collins concert with my son. And we were sitting on the floor, and my son pointed up, 
And he said, there's a Dave Keon banner up there. And he looked up at the banner, and uh, Daddy said, uh, that's Dave Keon's banner up there, isn't it? And I go, it certainly is. Uh, what kind of a player was he? He goes, he's the best Toronto Maple Leaf ever. And, uh, and, and it was important that your banner's there. It's important that your statue's there. It's important that you are in Canada Sports Hall of Fame so that your legacy can be passed on to future generations. David, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Naz. Thanks, Wally. We'll see you soon. Thanks yep. so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. David Keon. Uh, Naz, we always get a little bit of a chill when we talk to uh, David on the show. And, um, yeah, very simply, he's, uh, it's great to see him honored. It's great to see him, um, these accolades. It's great that, uh, you know, the current team is doing fantastic. Uh, you know, it would be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. And, um, you know, some of the uh, great Leafs of the past uh, be able to uh, enjoy it as well. It's interesting how he compared Austin Matthews to John Beliveau and Frank Mahovlich. Dick Duff said that on our yeah. show. He said he's a cross between John Beliveau and Frank Mahovlich. And that's a perfect description of Austin Matthews. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I think uh, that is a uh, uh, that is a uh, the image is certainly uh, certainly coming to me now. Uh, Frank Mahovlich uh, skating up that wing, big, uh, tall, uh, uh, strong guy with a heavy slap shot, and uh, Jean Beliveau class. Yep, yep, yep. I can see it. Anyways, uh, we've got to go to break, and we'll be right back with Harry Neal. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I'm in Modena, birthplace of Pavarotti. When I knocked on my cousin's door, he opened it and said, My long-lost cousin, you finally come home. You must now marry my neighbour's sister. I said I had to get something in the car and never went back. Pizzaville, stone-baked pizza, fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. 
You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Lands and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm pleased to welcome to the Nas and Wally Sports Hour this morning, Harry Neal, Hall of Fame broadcaster. Harry, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. A good friend of yours just uh, asked us to say hello uh, to you, David Keon. We just chatted with him for 10 minutes and we told him we'd have you on and he told us, please say hello to Harry for me. Yeah, well, he's a good friend, and <clears throat> I had the privilege of coaching him and a partner in the hockey school business with him, and uh, I've, I've said it uh, many times, and he, I think he's the best player the Leafs ever had and the best two-way center uh, that I can recall. Uh, and when I coached him, I could play him against the other team's best line and have success. He could kill penalties and have success, and he led our team in scoring. Uh, Harry, uh, David is being inducted into Canada Sports Hall of Fame this Thursday night at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre, and uh, some people will suggest that that's long overdue. I prefer looking at the positive part of it, which is uh, he's he's joining a place where he's, he deserves to be, and uh, future generations, uh, there will be an exhibit there with, uh, highlighting his ex- uh, his contributions and future generations of Canada, Canadian sports sports fans and hockey fans. The David Keon story will never be forgotten in the annals of our uh, in our Sports Hall of Fame. And I know that uh, uh, you had provided uh, a letter of support for that nomination, and there's a couple of things that you had touched uh, when you spoke about David. Obviously, just the part right now that you've spoken about whereby, uh, you know, he played the game uh, as good as anybody who ever played the game at both ends of the ice. Uh, and you also did some uh, uh, some bus- you did the hockey school with him and a friend of his. Tell us a little bit more about uh, it's an important part of being Canada's Sports Hall of Fame as character as well. Uh, and Dave Keon uh, is known as a man of integrity and a man of character. Talk to us a little bit about David Keon, uh, the friend that you know. Well, there's no question about the fact that I think he deserves to be in the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame, which is. A, a wonderful tribute to what was a great career. Uh, I do remember him uh, vividly being the best player, two-way player on the ice many nights in the NHL and in the WHA. And uh, to have the privilege of coaching him uh, was a, a thrill that I'll never get over. And when you add the fact that I coached Dave Keon and Gordy Howe at the same time. How lucky could the guy be? Harry, the current Maple Leafs. What are your What is your opinion on on the team and their chances of going all the way, Harry? This year's team. Yes. Well, they're certainly offensively a very skilled team and have great speed. Uh, the question is going to be, as the season wears on, uh, defensively, can they uh, be one of the better teams? Because no team ever wins the Stanley Cup by just being a good offensive team. they got to play well without the puck, and that is something that uh, I think they can improve on, and I'm sure the coaching staff is working on it on a daily basis. But, and they, but they are a very entertaining team to watch, and they've got three or four players that may well be in the top six or eight players in the National League, especially the way they've started. Um, Toronto, you know, hockey... Uh 
Hockey in October sometimes is a little bit different than hockey come March, or certainly playoff hockey for that matter. And um, this Toronto Maple Leaf team has uh, gone to the first round of the playoffs the last two years in a row. Uh, and they're looking for a breakthrough this year. Harry, uh, what does it take for a team to move to the next level? Well, I think the young players that have exhibited their talent uh, with any team in the league, but Toronto has more of those than most teams. When they mature into an all-around hockey player instead of a guy who just wants to score goals or be on the offense, then they've got a chance to do something in the in the latter part of the season and in the playoffs because the playoffs are another league. And in the current NHL, if you just get in the playoffs, your chances of going all the way are a lot better than they used to be when they were two or three teams that you knew one of the two or three were going to win. And Las Vegas proved that last year. And Toronto's defense core and defensively, uh, I think, have to get ready for uh, the playoffs and be a lot more conscientious than they are a lot during the season. They'll, they'll outscore a lot of teams, but in the playoffs you have to out-defend teams. We talked to David about this. Uh, the um, Austin Matthews. What do you? What do you? Who do you compare him to in the old type of hockey? Oh, I don't know. He's uh, uh, Guy Lafleur, or is he uh, Mario Lemieux? Is he? I don't know who he is, but he certainly is one of the best, most talented players in the league. And he now, I think, is a much better all-around player than when he got in the league. And you know, the the thing that young players, and there are more of them in the league now than ever before and more really good-looking ones than ever before. <laughs> and uh, they have to mature into uh, into men after being boys. And uh, Matthews is doing that, and, and uh, they've at least got about five other guys on the team that have to, they may, won't get to the point that Matthews will because it's such a talent, but they have to be able to play better without the puck than they've played. Uh, Mitch Marner. Uh, you watch Mitch Marner play. Uh, your impressions, uh, Harry? Well, he plays in the, in the shadow of Matthews, <laughs> which is too bad for him because he's a very talented player, and he's one who's improved his all-around game in his short time with the Leafs, and, and uh, you know, I think they're very lucky to have Matthews and Marner on the same team and quite often on the same line or the same power play. Harry, I've noticed Buffalo has played uh, pretty well this season, except for the 6-1 loss to Colorado the other night. They look pretty good, don't they? Well, they've got, they're much better as far as, as speed's concerned, and they also, although I'm not comparing any of the players to, to the Leafs' top two or three young players, but they've got four or five young players who are going to mature into being very good. And it's the only way to get better now in the NHL, and that is grow your own talent. Now, the problem with growing your own talent is when the young players get to the end of their first contract or their second contract and they're among the better players in the league, can you afford them? And look at the teams that have won Stanley Cups and have, have had to get rid of guys. Not that they didn't want them, but they couldn't afford them. And Chicago's a good example, and I think Pittsburgh's heading into that category, and L.A. did too. And so to grow your own without having top draft picks, I mean in the top five or six or seven, is a real difficult chore. Uh, Harry, I don't know if you've had the opportunity yet to uh, watch... Uh the new the new kid in Buffalo, uh, Darlene, who uh, some people are suggesting uh, is a generational talent. Uh, uh, any opportunity to watch him play? In your impressions, Harry? 
Well, I think he's a perfect example of, uh, first of all, a defenseman who's 18 years old <laughs> is, a, is an oddity that uh, the NHL has not experienced for forever, I think. And, you know, he's going to mature into a good player. He's he's already shown that in the in the brief time he's been here because he he looked like he was in Wonderland for a couple of games early. And, and last night was his best all-around game, and he's another guy that has to, another great prospect. And when I coached in Vancouver my first year there, Jake Milford was the general manager, and after about five days of training camp, I said to him, and I thought I should do this, I said, Jake, we've got five or six prospects that are are going to be real good players. And he looked at me and says, Harry, do you know how many prospects become suspects? That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. And it's true. But uh, uh, Buffalo's got uh, Eichel, and they've got Darlene, and they've got two or three other players that don't maybe are not in their category but are going to become good players. And I think at the forward line, they could put four good lines now and two very good lines. Their defense core, I think, needs a little upheap improving, but it will improve because they've got a couple of young guys there and Darlene and Rasmussen who are going to only get better. And they've got a couple of guys in Rochester that I think are going to be in Buffalo before the season ends, and that will give them what they need now in the NHL are good offensive defensemen. In the old days when Keon played, he played against guys that were big, strong, mean, and, and could block shots and hit guys, and you don't see much of that anymore. Harry, the goaltending seems to have uh, studied a bit in Buffalo. What are your opinions of the two goalies there? Well, I think Hutton's a good example of a player who played on a team that had a real top-notch one number one goalie, and so he never got a chance to be the number one goalie. He's going to get that chance here in Buffalo, and he has shown that it might work. And last night, Allmark played and got a shutout and played very well. And I think that's one position that they have improved in. And Allmark's going to get better because he's just starting. And Hutton's a veteran player who can play 50 or four more games and do a real good job. So I think Buffalo's on the right road. How long it's going to take before they get to the, the, the spot that they want to get to is debatable. But it's not going to be long, and it's going to happen. And I think the management of Buffalo are dedicated completely to getting better by drafting and developing their own players. Uh, we're talking to Harry Neal. Harry, uh, we're, uh, we're basically f- five games into the season. Some teams haven't played that much. Um, you know, I, I know it's difficult to project out. Uh, a lot of things happen in a season. Um, if you uh, if you're a betting man and you were to uh, line up three or four teams that you would anticipate would be around. Uh, Come the Stanley Cup Final, who uh, who 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 should be looking for? Well, there are about three teams in the in the West that I think could could do it. San Jose's been kind of a mystery team in the in the playoffs after having a lineup that looked like they're going to be pretty good. There's no question about that. Nashville's another team that has been on the brink, and uh, perhaps this is their year. Uh, in the East, I think that there's no doubt about the fact that uh, uh, Toronto is a real possibility. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying those are the only three, but if you put a gun to my head and said, what three do you think might win? I'd say Toronto, Nashville, and San Jose. Uh, teams that, if you said that five years ago, you'd be laughed off the stage. Harry, Vegas. I want to talk about Vegas a bit. Are they a one-year wonder? No, I don't think they're a one-year wonder, but if you think they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, I think you might be mistaken. First of all, I think teams uh, didn't respect them 
uh, as an expansion team last year, and they, they made it pretty clear that in the playoffs it's another world. And they, they manage, for, for reasons that are unknown to me, other than great coaching by Gerard Gallant and some real good play by the players they picked up in the expansion draft, and they had a couple of draft picks that played well. So I think they're going to make the playoffs, and they might make some noise in the playoffs, but to predict and be right who's going to win the Stanley Cup now is as tough as telling me that what the weather's going to be like on December 4th. <laughs> uh, Harry Neal. Harry, uh, of course, the, the hot start of the Toronto Maple Leafs has got everybody in, uh, in the Toronto area excited and in Leaf Nation excited. Uh, everybody's uh, walking up and down Bay Street trying to locate their place for the parade. Um <laughs> Uh, and uh, trying to dampen things a little bit, but uh, certainly we're, we're thrilled about the week they've had. But the other big story in, Tor- in the in Leafs Nation, of course, has been Nylander, who's not put his pen to paper on a contract. Um, and uh, finding it a little bit bewildering, uh, the rumors out there is that he's uh, he's asking for eight million and probably will settle somewhere north of seven. But uh, his market value, based on other signings, and Leafs seem to have drawn a line in the sand somewhere between six and six and a half. Uh, I don't know if you've been following that, but uh, what's going on there? Well, it's a, it's a negotiations that have gone well past what you thought the limit would be, and that would be the start of the season. And you can take a look at the player and say, this young player, what's he sacrificing by not playing and uh, developing into the player that I think he could be? And for the Leafs, you can see, boy, they're a good team, but if they add a player of his caliber to the team for the next four or five years, they're going to even strengthen more. But I think the point is going to come where they have to decide whether Will he ever sign at the money that the Leafs are willing to pay? And will Nylander ever sign at the, what the Leafs are willing to pay? And they might have to trade him, and they, they probably could get a pretty good young defenseman for him. If, and I think that's the one area of Toronto that it needs to, uh, to uh, hone up a little bit. Not that their defense core isn't good, but uh, it could really be good if they added a, a number one or two defenseman for a number one or two type forward like Nylander. So I don't know. Those negotiations are always a mystery, and you're never going to have it here that what's really going on from the team or his agent. But it's too bad for him, and it's too bad for the league, and it's too bad for the Leafs that he's not playing. Uh, talking to Harry Neal. Uh, one last question, Harry. We'll, we'll take it back to where we started before we let you go. Uh, of course, we, uh, we're we celebrating David Keon's uh, induction to Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. It's... Uh, uh, for a lot of uh, fans of, of our generation, it's uh, it's important. It's important that he be celebrated and that he be remembered by future generations. And I know you're a friend of his, uh, Harry. Uh, very simply, uh, favorite David Keon memory. Well, there there are. I'm sure there's a lot of them, but yeah, and it's a. Uh... My favorite memory might be the fact that when I was coaching Minnesota in the WHA, we got him from Toronto to jump to the WHA, and he's one of the reasons why the WHA got off to a pretty good start, and we had a very good team in uh, in Minnesota, and he was the kind of player that uh, helped us. And then when they fold, we folded, I, we got him in Hartford, and we had a real good team in Hartford. We lost in the finals to Winnipeg. And all I can remember about Dave Keon is that 
whether I was watching him play or coaching him, is that he was the best two-way center I ever coached and maybe the best two-way center I've ever seen. How many centers who have piled almost 1,000 points in almost 1,300 games who played most of his shifts against the other team's best line? And that is the biggest compliment I could give Keon. He was a great offensive player. The stats show that. But the stats don't show how good he was defensively. The best forechecking center I've ever seen. Smart, quick, and competitive. And what else could you say about Dave Keon? Yeah, Harry, he scored some clutch goals. I remember a lot of clutch goals. Well, uh, every goal is a clutch goal when you're coaching him. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, he did. He was a great player. And as I said, the, the playoffs were no different than the season to Keon. Some of his best play were in the playoffs. He had 68 points in 92 games, 32 of them goals, and when goals were much more difficult to get than they are now, and yet and four Stanley Cups. So what can you say? I mean, it's it's obvious why he's going into the Hall of Fame for Canadian sports players, and it's more obvious why he's in the Hall of Fame as a, a, a hockey player, the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I think he was one of the best 10 centers that to ever play the game, only counting the ones that I saw play. And I'm a fairly old guy, so I've <laughs> seen a lot of them play. And Keon was the best two-way center of them all. He may not have been the best offensive center, but he was up there among the top ten, and he was the best defensive center. And as a coach, when you had a guy like Keon, and you could put him in the game at any time, under any circumstances, and the job would get done, you're a lucky coach. Uh, we've been talking to Harry Neal. Harry, uh, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate you uh, coming on the show. You haven't lost a step, my friend. Uh, you still uh, still know your hockey as good as anybody, and uh, we appreciate your insights, and obviously we appreciate your uh, your relating to us, uh, your, uh, your kind thoughts about David Keon and uh, what a great hockey player he was. Uh, we really, really appreciate this, Harry. Thanks so much. All right, give me a call on another player I coach gets into the Hall of Fame. Well, you certainly will. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. Because it's coaching, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you believe that, you'll never phone me again. <laughs> I'm sure we will, Harry. Well, we'll call you as soon as we can. Thanks so All much right, for bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks Harry Neal. Uh, he uh, always ends with the one-liner. Right? Yeah, uh, one of the funniest, uh, you know, him and uh, we, we, uh, how many weeks ago as we talked, we chatted with Bob Cole. It was about two or three, yeah. two weeks ago, and certainly they uh, they entertained and uh, and I was listening to Bob Cole last night do the uh, after the Leaf game doing Penguins and the Habs and. Man, he's he still he still knows how to elevate a game. You know, he's 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 uh, he's so entertaining, and um, you know it's too bad. We've got to get him to do. Uh, I, I, apparently, it's his last season. It's been been announced, and uh, somehow we got to get him to do another Toronto Maple Leaf game. Yeah, I think it's going to happen though. I, I hope so. Do, yeah. I certainly hope so. Uh, talking about the Leafs, Naz, uh, we got into it a bit at the end with Harry, and uh, of course chatted earlier about uh, the great start to the season and uh, last Sunday we talked about it and it's a week later and five games in and it's cost starting to cost Mr. Uh, Willie Neenlander some uh, some money now uh, but his uh, his uh, pen uh, his signature is still not on a contract and some interesting interesting um, uh, theories came out this week about uh, 
about where this negotiation might go. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a toss-up now whether he signs or whether he uh, he gets he gets dealt out of town. Um, they have to sign him first. Yeah, that that know. part of, that part of it. Yeah, but um, unless somebody, it, it almost, unless somebody offers him, a yeah. So contract. what what surfaced what surfaced in the last two days are reports that the Leafs are starting to get hot and heavy in the Matthews negotiations because they want to get Matthews signed. So that's. That uh, that story that story sort of popped up uh, on Friday, um, and of course during the week it popped up uh, the theory that uh, he's going to get an offer sheet from Arizona at at the max, which is twenty percent uh, of the cap. That was speculation that they. Oh, would of course, do it's that. everything's speculation at For this sure. point. And you and I had this discussion, Naz. Uh, Leafs have to get Matthews on a contract, one way or the other. And this hot start. Uh, that Matthews has had uh, only only uh, makes that more urgent because if you know Arizona makes them an offer sheet, um, they very you could very well be looking at sixteen seventeen million dollars, and they're the only team that would offer Matthews that kind of dope because he represents something more than just being a hockey player. He almost represents he could possibly be the savior of that franchise and he might be worth the investment. If that's what the Leafs are going to be competing with, you know, they better figure out how to get his name his These, signature on a contract now. The players today in the NHL and even in the NBA, they want to win. Austin Matthews will not go to Arizona if he he knows there's no chance to win there. He knows there's a chance to win with the Leafs with the way their team is played. Now, Matthews, to me, should be signing for more than Tavares. Tavares signed for 11. Matthews should be in the 13. Well, in theory, Tavares took a he took he a took discount, discount, supposedly. Yeah. You can, so, you so, can tell. So Matthews, Matthews, Matthews the number... loves it here. You can tell. The way he carries himself, the way he is with his teammates... They look like a uh, strong unit, and he—it's he, not, not going to be just money for him. It's going to be—he uh, wants to win, and I don't think Arizona is in a position to win right now. And that's uh, hopefully you're right. I don't—I don't discount. I don't discount, uh, I don't discount uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, these guys are ultra competitive athletes, and of course they want to win, but they're also business people and businessmen. And uh, you know, if somebody puts sixteen, seventeen million dollars on the table, and and the other team's only putting twelve. It's a lot of dough. It's a lot of dough. And yeah, you don't know what kind of uh, um, commercials he'll be doing, and you know, off off the ice. And yeah, and then yeah, you got yeah. then you got to start thinking tax look, rates look too. At, My guess yeah. is the tax rates are look lower in Arizona. Stamkos. The reason why Stamkos never came here was because the Leafs weren't weren't a very good team when they were trying to sign him. Matthews had just been drafted by the Leafs and hadn't played yet. Stamkos would have been the guy if the Leafs were better. Tavares came here because the Leafs were a good team, and he wanted to be make them better and wanted wanted to win a cup in his hometown. Yeah, so there there is a difference. I, I think the other the other problem Dubas might you know it's it's tough it's tough signing for and now now you've got Riley who's playing at uh, uh, when's his contract come well, up? I think he's three or four years. Another three four years yeah, to go. Gardner Gardner yeah. the contract. Uh, but you got you got four you got four uh, top players, and there's not that many situations 
that I can think of in the NHL where you've had to sign four players uh, for more than $8 million. And now the, the numbers keep going higher and higher and higher. And uh, when you're negotiating um, Nylander's contract, you've got to think about Marner and Matthews coming down the road. Anyways, Naz, unfortunately, our hour has come to an end. Uh, Thursday night. David Michael Keon, Canada Sports Hall of Fame at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. To all our loyal listeners, have a fantastic week.